We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to Binge the Bucks, a special narrative podcast series focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks 2019 playoff run and part of the Eurostep podcast. I'm Ty Windish and I'm here with Rohan Kadi as usual to break down game four in the first series in the Bucks 2019 playoff run, a 127-104 victory over the Detroit Pistons to finish the sweep. This podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And the Eurostep is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Rohan, we are here for the final first round podcast we're doing in this run. How's it going, my friend? You know, I'm doing okay. Um, it was it was fun watching this game uh, because you know, obviously, yes. spoiler alert, the Bucks did win this game and end up winning the series. But it was just it was fun to see because Game Three was a little more exciting than like, or sorry, a little less exciting than we thought it would be going in. Uh, but game four was actually fairly competitive for a while. Yeah, it was. I mean, we see, as I've talked about a little bit, the Pistons won at least one quarter in each of the uh, the first three games and every game in the series. They win the first two in a row in this game and really make it look like an interesting game. But going against Detroit, uh, well, Rohan, I'm thinking Giannis is back. Um, that, for me, looking back at this and, and then rewatching it, that was probably the, the signature storyline. Yes, Reggie Jackson got hot from three. Yes, Blake played well again. But And yes, the Pistons barely drew any free throws, which they were salty about, mostly Blake, after the game. But forget all of that. Giannis Antetokounmpo put a true exclamation point on this thing. 41 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 4 blocks in less than 32 minutes. 
I mean, is there anything else? I mean, I'm glad we're finally starting with Giannis on one of these. Usually we forget Giannis because we're so used to this. But especially after the down game he had in Game 3, this was tremendous to watch. Yeah, it was it was especially important because, like you said, he did have a pretty stinker of a game in Game 3. And just like we, we know Giannis, he doesn't have two games in a row where he doesn't play very well, takes those things very seriously. So he didn't have a great game three. So he came out and absolutely blew the doors off the Pistons in game four. And just, he's, he's like, I'm the best player on the court. Because you mentioned on our last podcast with Laz uh, that Blake Griffin was sort of handling himself like the best player on the court. And Giannis is just like, nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not close. I am way better than you. I am the MVP. The effing MVP, as Giannis himself has said. However, all this said, Detroit started off this game looking like they were going to snatch one. Um, I think at one point the Pistons were up 20-8 to in the first mm-hmm. quarter, but really derailed for a little bit there. I mean, the Bucks started playing better as well. I mean, Detroit had more energy than I expected. I commend the Pistons a few times throughout this, this first round, but really down 0-3. You know, Blake is just back now, but the series is out of hand. You really expect Detroit to kind of just, you know, come through, come go through the motions a little bit, which is certainly what Milwaukee did in the first few minutes. But no, Detroit came out here and really wanted to win, and it looked like they were going to, but a Blake injury scare really derails things for them. He leaves the game. He will end up returning to the game later, but... Um, I don't want to say thankfully it stinks that he, he banged up that knee again, but did kind of give the Bucks a chance to to get their get their stuff together, so to speak. Yeah, just sort of like uh, talking about the game as a whole. It's just when you're down three zero, um, there's like two ways you can go as a team. Yep, uh, you can just uh, throw in the towel, uh, which usually doesn't happen because it's the postseason, and like you know. NBA NBA players are just like any sports players. They care. Like, they're not just going to, like, say, like, oh, whatever, we lost anyway. They're going to be like, our team can be the one team that comes back. You know, that's always the notion. Mm -hmm. Like, why not us sort of thing? And it looked like, hey, maybe they had a chance. Because, like you said, they won the first two quarters. It was a competitive game for the most part. But, yeah, uh, they took an early 20-8 lead. And then uh, Blake is balling. It's just, and then you know he gets hurt again, and then that's that was sort of it, as we'll talk about. Yeah, um, my favorite play from this first quarter had to be um, Chris Tiannis, sort of in transition. I think it was after a miss. It wasn't like a turnover, but it was a miss, and Giannis is streaking out. He's kind of about between half and two-thirds down the floor. And Chris is pretty far back. It took a while for the, the rebound to get over to him and, and him to control the ball. But Chris throws a beautiful touchdown pass to Giannis. I think turns into an and one. There were a lot of and ones in this game. But otherwise, not a ton of first-quarter highlights for the Bucks, who do end up losing that frame 28-26. to So Detroit does not have a commanding lead after the first quarter, especially not after leading 20-8 to at one point. But still, the Pistons do hang on to to have the lead at the end of the first and that would not last forever clearly but it did last throughout the second quarter as well but there was a highlight early in this one there was a Giannis dunk that all I could manage to type while watching was my goodness Giannis slam early wow all in all caps Um, just one of many Giannis highlights in this game but certainly I think it was kind of a Statue of Liberty like dunk and 
you could see you you can always see when Giannis is extra motivated that you have to say extra because Giannis is always motivated but my goodness was he taking out some things on this Pistons team in game four yeah for sure uh another thing I wanted to say about the first quarter is that oh go ahead yeah. um Bud threw out a lineup of George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Ursan, Miritich, and Brooke. Uh, uh, one super, super big, you know, playing Ursan, Nikola Miritich, and Brooke Lopez all at the same time. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. And they kind of, they kind of did well. Like, this was the season where we were like, oh, the fabled, like, you know, super jumbo lineup because of that game in Utah where they didn't have any guards available. <laughs> and they just started, what was it, Giannis, Chris, Ursan, Miritich, and Brooke. I think. Yeah, that, that we had high hopes for that group. Yeah, because they they were destroying the Jazz. They had like a net rating of I'm not even kidding, like probably like sixty or something. It was a limited <laughs> sample, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was insane. But they were playing that big lineup without Giannis and Chris, which is a decision to say the least. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they actually did well because that was when. Um, Detroit had that early double-digit lead, and they sort of, like, whittled away at it, which is, it was just wild to see. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, anything else from, from first quarter before we move on here? Uh, no. So, second quarter, Blake makes his triumphant sort of return to the lineup. Um, there was, and I don't know, it was on the, 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 the clip collection I was watching. Giannis, I think it was Ish Smith. It was hard to see. Giannis destroys mm-hmm. yep. a layup attempt. It was ish. And the camera, the, the broadcast just cuts to a Pistons fan. But he's just like gasping yeah, with hand both over hands his over mouth his mouth. Just like, what yeah, on like, earth? Oh my God, what just happened? It, here, I, will, I have a couple of notes on this play. Oh, uh, good. One, I do not want to admit how many times I've watched that play. Just since it's happened <laughs> in the last like almost year. Uh, so, Ish Smith is just racing down the floor after a Giannis miss, nonetheless. Uh, and it's just, he puts like, he crosses over Eric Bledsoe on his way to the basket because he looks like he has an open layup and the crowd's just like, oh my God, like he's just crossing up like an all defensive first team player on his way to the basket. And then he's getting a wide open layup and then Giannis is just like, no, (laughs) like he just like destroy, like if, if that happened to me on a, on a basketball court, I think I would probably quit. Yeah. Like, well, it's just, like, what do you, it's so unfair. Hey, what do you do? I've said this um, on an episode of the Eurostep before, but it's just like when he, when Giannis is doing those like chase down blocks, he, he looks like an alien compared to the rest yep. of the players on the court. But like you said, like it was his miss. Like he should be like the last guy getting back. And of course, somehow he gallops around everybody and just obliterates a layup attempt, saving the Bucks two points. Man, oh man. Yeah, I just, um, I think uh, Brooke Lopez on the bench was, he was making this face like, he looked, <laughs> he looked like he got hurt because he, he I, felt uh, bad for Ish Smith almost. I think like I remember that. he was cringing. We don't see it that often because Brooke and Giannis are often on the floor together. I think that was the number one amount of minutes. Anybody with Giannis, nobody had more than Brooke Lopez this season. Um, but Brooke Lopez is a great reaction. The Lopez brothers both, but especially Brooke. It's so fun to watch him react to something when he's not on the court because usually he's so fired up when he is on the court. He doesn't have, like, the craziest reaction. Mm-hmm. But he's on the bench, like you said. I mean, he'll just – he will look pained. He will look excited at the same time. 
it's great. Robin but, will just fall over. Like, cause for, yeah, Robin, I don't think we've talked about this. This is a random tangent. I don't know why Robin Lopez sits on the ground. Yeah, I don't. I don't. He's. I. I. I just like. I know he's like roughly the same size as Brooke. I just feel like he is bigger. I maybe like there's just the chairs aren't enough for him. But the Bucks don't they have like those custom chairs and everything on the bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they do. I, I don't know. It, it does look funny though to always see him whenever he's not in the game. It looks like he's just chilling. Like, yeah, he's just and then posted. his bench reaction is always just a fall down. <laughs> well, he's already close to the ground usually, so it's like <laughs> it's kind of just cutting out the step of him like going back down to to lay down someone. Mm. Yeah, but. <laughs> back to back to the Pistons game. Uh, it's just yeah, that play was just beautiful because it, it, I think it came at a time where the Pistons were starting to go on a little bit of a run again. Yeah, and it was just like Giannis. Was, like I said, he was like, "Nah, this this is my nah. game." No thanks. Yeah, he really was. The Bucks took a. It was kind of a back and forth game in the second quarter. The Bucks took a quick lead. The Pistons took control again. Um, Giannis finishes some insane shots over Andre Drummond for and ones in this game. Andre could not believe it. Uh, frustration starting to set in for the Pistons. Chris hits a beautiful turnaround. This was another time where I noted you can see I, I put All Star. I meant All NBA pieces there. Um, Chris really played exceptionally well at spots in this game, and there was a pet celebration. I think from the bench that. I just about died laughing. I think it was one of Giannis's and no, it wasn't. It was Pat was on the floor. Giannis finishes and end went over Drummond. He kept getting like these weird, like leaning, floating, turnaround, off glass shots to go and picking up the foul. And Pat like runs up to Giannis and just starts like half like kind of slapping him, half brushing him off to like hype him up. And I don't know. It didn't. It no, doesn't. It's really was, hard to describe. That was the other play. I had a bunch of notes on. Uh, what, what play was that? that? This was the play where Giannis goes up to dunk over Andre Drummond, and the Drummond fouls him on Giannis's way up. So obviously, Giannis double clutches and switches hands and throws up a floater over Drummond. Yeah, yeah. Like that play, I remember in the moment people were comparing it to like MJ's uh, switch mm. hands. Yeah, because it was insane. Like it was what Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller. Who, ugh, yeah, uh, especially Reggie. Yeah. Half good, half yeah. good. Kev- Kevin Harlan's great. Reggie Miller, ugh. but um, they were they had they were so confused. <laughs> they were like these guys have been watching and calling NBA games for like years, and they were just like, "What on earth did we just see?" We uh, <laughs> an alien. Yeah, it was it was weird. And again, I've watched that play a lot of times. Uh, and there was a. There's an a, a Greg Memor a Greg Monroe Memorial and one scream that I think I've decided oh. is Sterling Brown. Um, <laughs> that feels like a good bet. Yeah, because for some reason on that possession, I noted that Sterling Brown brought the ball up on that possession. <sighs> Sterling Brown is still so bittersweet to see. Yeah, but that was that was an insane play. Like that's where Andre just looks at the official. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do here, man? Yeah, it was. That was that was insane. <laughs> like I st- I still have no idea how that happened. I I don't know if Giannis could even tell us. I feel like he would just kind of shrug and who knows what he would say. Do you have uh Do you have any other second quarter stuff? Uh, I noticed that Blake was doing his uh, usual thing of being a dirty player and pulling people down on the floor, uh, especially yeah, Giannis. He was so. You know. There was a lot of frustration you could kind of feel all over in this one. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, m- intentionally trying to hurt players. So you know. That's that's yeah. something to note. 
that was the negative aspect of like, oh, it's great. Blake is trying so hard. He does. He does definitely does some stuff where you go, oh man, like you don't have to try that kind of hard. That's yeah. that's not what anyone wants to see. Like pushing into Urson or something when he's the after he scores on him because Urson was yeah. guarding him for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, that's a, that's the that's the bad side of Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, the first half of Game Four, and the Bucks do, or the Bucks, excuse me, the Pistons do hold a lead. Um, probably in in the moment, I wouldn't have bet on Detroit winning that game, and it would have been a good bet. But right now, if you are looking to place bets with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB on, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or you can let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, third quarter, the Bucks, uh, this this year, we kind of knew them for having very, very good first quarters. They also did that in this game. This is when this thing completely turns around. It starts off, strangely enough, with a Sterling Brown offensive rebound and putback after Blake flops to start the quarter, and it only gets better from there. Blake does try hard some clean plays, too. Uh, He makes an absolutely ridiculous jumper over Bledsoe. He made some wild shots all throughout this quarter. You can kind of tell he knows if... The Pistons don't bring it here if they don't, uh, you know, keep their lead. They don't build on their lead. It's probably over. He was right, but he was not able to do enough to prevent that from happening. He didn't miss a shot in the quarter. (laughs) Oh. Five for five for 13 points, including three for three from three. And somehow that still wasn't enough. Like, that's just... This Bucks team, man. That's wild. It was actually... Like, when I was rewatching this, I was sort of like... I didn't really remember that even, like, middle to late third quarter, Detroit still had, like, sort of, like, a lead. Yeah. Uh, And I remember it jogged my memory of me thinking at the time, I I remember I was thinking, are we really going to have to do another game of this? Like, are we really, (laughs) is this going to happen? Like, are are you serious? But then immediately the Bucks went on a 10-0 run and it was over. Yep. Planet Pat Fastbreak, I think, cut that off. Mm, yeah, uh, he, steal, he stole the ball from and slam. He had yeah, yeah. He stole the ball from Luke Kennard after an inbounds. Like, we got some good Pat moments in this series. Got, yeah, this playoffs as a whole. Yeah, he was actually very yeah. engaged, very dialed in. Like we've we've talked about how much like this team has changed uh, since these playoffs. Uh, a couple players that we've mentioned, like Urson, have uh, fallen off a cliff. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat might fit into that category. He's been so off and on, but yeah, I think as a whole, certainly he has not been as good as he was. Mm. Definitely in this series and probably last year as a whole. Yeah. And um, again, in this quarter, Brooke Lopez, he had a sequence where he had back-to-back blocks uh, as Mm -hmm. Milwaukee was starting to take a lead. Like, I think he, 
Uh, he blocked someone that started a fast break, and then um, I think there was a turnover on the Bucks. So Brook Lopez was still back on the other end of the court because you know he's slow. Um, yes. <laughs> and then I, I see Giannis chasing him down, and I'm as I'm watching this because I didn't remember the sequence at the time. I was like, "Oh, is Giannis going to block this?" And then it's like, "No, Brooke, Brooke was already yes. there. He had it." Yep. I remember that one. They both kind of went up, but Brooke is the one who got the uh, got the slant, the the block. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, Giannis just hits the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> just like chilling up there. Figured he'd figured he'd smack something. Yeah, but that that was a there very was... timely sequence because, like I said, Milwaukee was starting to impose their will on the Pistons in this one. It it was weird to see how quickly, like this team can sort of turn a deficit into a double-digit leap. Yeah, it was. And one of the plays that jumped out to me on the way there, the pet slam definitely was one. Giannis creeping down the baseline gets a feed, I forget from who, and, and just slams it. it. From like, well, you don't see – it was from Ersan. I thought it was I thought it was someone more random. You don't see Giannis operating off-ball going down the baseline that often. I'd love to see that worked in some more somehow. Especially because we know Giannis is actually a pretty decent corner three-point shooter. Um, that that was fun. That was fun to see. Kind of a, a wrinkle, but mm-hmm. I think, I think Detroit... it was Don who was trying to cut off the passing lane because I think Ursan yeah. was at the on the wing, uh, and then you know Giannis was in the corner, and then uh, Thon comes to try and stand between them to sort of cut off the passing lane. But then Giannis just starts baseline, and Ursan throws a solid pocket pass, and then Giannis just slams it. Yeah. Great to see that. You love to see love to see some ball movement mm-hmm. there. Ursan dime um, to Giannis cutting. That's a sentence. Yep. Not not very common sentence for us. No. I think this is the first time <laughs> it will ever be said. And like the only time. <laughs> yep, yeah. I think we're gonna we're we're done with that sentence now. Um Reggie Jackson, hot from three, definitely made a difference for Detroit in this one. I think he ends up five for nine on the game. But uh again, just just not enough to stop a fully committed, fully engaged Giannis who was drawing a lot of free throws, but most of them, maybe not most, but a lot of them were and ones. So it's like, it's not like he's just like flop and Giannis doesn't flop, but it's not like he's just like getting BS calls. Like he's going and scoring and there's contact and they're getting called. He ends up shooting 75% from the free throw line, which is pretty solid for Giannis makes 15 of 20 of his free throws, which is important. That did matter at least early in this game later on. It doesn't look as important, but Still, the, the third quarter and all the quarters, Giannis was great, but uh, this is where that 10-0 run, sparked by a lot of players, not all Giannis there, but that is certainly where this thing this thing turned to uh, allow the Bucks to end the series. Yeah, just one thing on the free throw thing, one thing that just bothers me in general about NBA discourse is that teams should have even amount of free throws. Like, why? Why would yeah, that be a no. thing? If if one team plays more physical than the other, they're going to get more free throws. Right, That's, exactly. I don't understand. I mean, sure, in that quarter, it might look a little weird because the Bucks go 14 to 15 from the line in that quarter while Detroit takes two <laughs> attempts. Um, and Andre makes one of them. Good on him. He made a free throw. Uh, <laughs> like Like, it looks bad in the moment. Because it's like, oh man, they're getting such better calls. It's like, well, maybe maybe don't foul them. Have you thought of that? <laughs> like, hey, if you don't want the other team to shoot free throws, don't foul them. Right. What a concept. Well, the novel concept, indeed. I think, uh, 
I think throughout this whole series, outside of Blake, who was doing stuff inside, and, and, and obviously Andre Drummond doesn't really have anything else to do, but he just didn't have the ball that often, the Pistons took a lot of jump shots. I mean, this was a team that was not really geared to attack the basket. I mean, Blake could, and he, he only played two games, and he missed part of this game. Reggie Jackson can, but he doesn't really have space to, especially when Blake and Andre Drummond are out there. And as Laz broke down last time, the Pistons offense so often was like, Blake gets the ball either at the top of the key if he wants to be a point guard or on the left block and just goes from there. Um, but there weren't a lot of other guys who are going to, like, you know, draw contact. Like, even if a guy like Ish Smith is attacking, he's going to try and avoid contact, not draw it. So I think certainly it makes a lot of sense that the Pistons would not keep up with the Bucks on free throws because I don't know if anyone in the league draws more contact than Giannis. And the Pistons just do not have you know, someone on the other end who's the same. I mean, even though Blake operates down low, it's hard to draw fouls on, like, post-fadeaways yeah. and stuff like exactly. that. Like, it's, it's not it's, – those aren't foul shots. Yeah, it, this is the beauty of the Bucks defense, like, last season and this season, because they completely take away the rim. When you have Brook Lopez and Giannis in this series, and then for this season you have the Lopi and Giannis, uh, <laughs> it's just you can't get to the basket without running into all NBA defensive players. Uh, and if you're not getting to the basket, you're not going to draw as many fouls. Like, it's as simple as that. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, that was that was the story of the game, and I don't think it was just I don't think it was a rig job for the Bucks or anything like that. I think yes. it was. Uh, they want to rig the game in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. That seems that <laughs> to, seems to like avoid, it's gonna happen. To avoid more games in the playoffs, the NBA loves sweeps. The NBA, long since known for wanting to end series quickly and not draw out their their revenue potential, <laughs> with especially a Bucks home game to clinch a series that would. Ton of ticket sales, everything else, but no, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, it was right. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was disgusting. I can't stand by anymore. <laughs> I've seen it with. I've seen it live. <laughs> <laughs> I love that tweet so much. Um, fourth quarter, fun way to start. Chris Middleton cooks a bit. Um, we got really good. Chris Blake continues to pass well from the paint. You know, this whole series, one of the subplots was. Man, Brooke Lopez is doing bad things to Andre Drummond. There is a stuff early-ish in this fourth quarter that I think kind of embodies the whole thing. But honestly, looking back through this whole thing, this whole series, that might have been one of the most defining matchups of it. Like the fact that Andre Drummond, however you want to rank him, I know we've kind of disagreed on that. Certainly one of the Pistons' highest paid players. That's a a lower bar to clear. Certainly one of their more... He's certainly important. It's sort of a star. He is on he's got all star appearances. He's it's on the mm-hmm. team. He starts. He's a starter. Um, the fact that Brooke Lopez on both ends for almost the entire time they shared the floor just suns him. And I think this goes back to Brooke's time with the Nets, actually. That was like such a difference. It wasn't the only difference by far, but that that part of this made it so impossible for the Pistons because one of their premier players and I'm just avoiding the word best now. <laughs> One of their featured of their players, players on a lot of tickets and memorabilia um, was just not able to do good things for almost all of his minutes and, and really all of his minutes with Brooke Lopez. And this slam was just more evidence of like, dude, you're not you're not executing your stuff against me. You just can't. And it was a little mean, but certainly effective. Now that I think about it, like why, why this is a common occurrence for Andre Drummond. Because like Embiid just... What Embiid does to Drummond should be illegal. 
Yeah. Uh, Andre Drummond has a, a hard time a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just often. Just often it's it's tough for Andre Drummond out here. <laughs> Andre Drummond has a hard time a lot. That's that is fantastic cuz yeah, it's just Brooke Brooke if Brooke Lopez is sunning you at this age like just just pack it up. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I, We're I not really being too to think... hard on Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is being hard on himself. Okay, <laughs> the world is being hard on. I was trying to think of a good Jeanette McCurdy joke, and it just didn't come together. Oh dang! Yeah, I know. What what can you do? Um, other stuff in this quarter. One play I really liked, and this is again the Bucks put the game away here pretty 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 soundly. Um, Giannis is is on offense, matched up with Reggie Jackson uh, in the block. And Bledsoe gets in the ball immediately, which is so nice to see Giannis with a mismatch, and, and the Bucks just set him up in the post. Giannis then passes back as soon as Bledsoe's guy doubles him, and then Bledsoe gets an open three that he nails. I love the mismatch ball. I would love to see more of that in the future. Of like Giannis is on a small guy, get him the ball immediately, get him to the block, and let's see how the defense messes up. Because if you leave him in that matchup one-on-one, you're messing up because Giannis is going to do horrible things to Reggie Jackson. And if you help, you're messing up because now somebody's open. So there's really, there's no good answer to that. And I'd love to see some more of that. That was something that jumped it's out at me. It's very simple, very effective. And easy. It's very easy for the Bucks to do that. I mean, it's like, get the ball, get the, get the ball to Giannis to an in open that three. Situ- Exactly. And it's like, just really back and forth. Like, like Jackie Moon stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> here, here you go back again. Except better than that. Is that it? Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, but it's it's <laughs> such an easy play. It's a, it's yeah, like you said, it's just it makes you want more of that because it's just like more wrinkles. Because uh, one thing that I was noticing like a little bit like during this postseason, one because he didn't play, we didn't we didn't really get to see the Tony Sell Tony Snell play a lot. He made the, he made an appearance. He did make an appearance, game. but it's like he was out there. That was my last note. We saw Tony. Yeah, he does exist. He I think. Uh, fun fact, I think Tony Snell and Tim Frazier actually stayed in LCA after this game was over. Uh, <laughs> just get ready for next year, actually, guys. Yeah, they just stayed there. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't see a lot of the Tony Snell handoff that we we started to see like with more players uh, last season during the regular season because I think Giannis realized and like Bud realized we we can do this at any time with any player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, we can get an open three whenever we want. Uh, we can get an open three or Giannis uh, uncontested at the rim because if the three is contested, that means no one's guarding Giannis. Uh, Which is not optimal for a defense. No, it is not. So we did not really see that a lot in this postseason and especially like in this no. series at all, which was a little, it was a little concerning. Because, like we've talked about, it's just like more wrinkles. Um, like that just that just helps when things aren't going your way. No, certainly. I think this was the flip side of this game, which was like Giannis just runs over all the Pistons and and puts up forty one points. It was a little too easy, and and obviously we'll see as we go on. It gets less easy, but for now, let's let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy a sweep. The series vibe is it's over. Vince Carter, it's over. Dot gif. I mean, it's it's done. The Bucks sweep. They move on to the second round for the first time in a very long yeah, time seven, since two thousand and one. Yeah, seventeen years at the time. Eighteen years, sir. Eighteen years. Eighteen yeah, because years. You, um, we forget that like 
this franchise has turned uh like it's changed so much in the last two years that we forget Rapidly, that the goal yeah. was just to win a playoff series I'll never forget like that Raptors series and that Celtics the Raptors series a little bit the Celtics series for sure like being so close and yeah that was really it was like man if we could get to the second round if we could be the Wizards that would be that so was the cool goal. Wizards get to the second the round a couple times oh man they never make the Eastern Conference Finals but hey you know we're the Bucks like if we oh imagine four home playoff imagine more than four home playoff games in one postseason wow that would be nice and. We've come a long way. Our expectations are sky high now for sure. Um, I think deservedly so. But it is funny to think about. This was, and it, it, did, it felt a little less big in the moment just because, again, maybe it was a little too easy to beat these injury-plagued Pistons, but it was still, it was very significant. It was huge. Giannis's first playoff series win. Uh, Buds with the Bucks, obviously their first playoff series win. And the first for the franchise in, in 18 whole years. So, Certainly a monumentous moment, even if it did come, not, not the most challenging monumentous moment, but still very important, very significant to the franchise. Yeah, it's just, it was such a quick transition from uh, bottom-feeding playoff team to contender. Uh, it was literally one offseason. Like, that's as quick as you can possibly do. Yeah. Uh, before, the summer before this regular season, I remember... People said it was a hot take. I was like, I think the Bucks could win 50 games this year. I, yep, like, oh, I remember let's that. Let's not get it carried like away. Let's not get carried 50, away. 50 games was the goal. I think the over-under was set at like 40, 48 and a half or something, or 46 and a yeah, half. Yeah, I remember I was like, give me the over. I think they're going to win 50, 51 games, and they come out and win 60. Yeah, because we, like, Bucks fans knew that, like, this was a team that if you change the coach and put, like, change the personnel a little bit, that this is a contender, like, right now. Yeah. And then they. You're talking about like right after 2018 uh, yeah, season. After the 17 yeah. 18 season. Um, so it's just like, you know, if you get a new coach in there, like get an actual system in there, put uh, some better players around uh, Giannis and Chris and Bledsoe, I guess at the time, um, that this is a contender right now. It's just, it doesn't seem like it because they've been the sixth seed, seventh seed for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. And then it happened, and we're just like, yeah, yep. like we we knew this. I think this is the one I time think... that a fan base has sort of bullied a franchise into doing the right thing. <laughs> like, please, no more Joe Prunty. Oh my god! I think one other thing when watching the series, just seeing Sean Sweeney on the bench just made me upset. Yeah, that was weird. It just made me upset because <laughs> it's like uh, him, yeah. Joe Prunty. And Jason Kidd, those are the three like premier faces of that regime. That says so much. Mm-hmm. And then you know, classic "I'll f you up" to Sean Sweeney by Giannis. Yeah, that was I. For, I'd forgotten about that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, ish, sort of. <laughs> it's it's fun now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more fun now for sure. In the moment, it's like, oh, this is still the, this is still the coaching staff. Uh, but yeah, it was it was nice to see the Bucks just sort of uh, pound Sean Sweeney's uh, defensive scheme because I th- I remember one play I think this was yeah I think this was in the third quarter or the fourth quarter where um, it's I think Chris has the ball and he's like uh, Urson comes to set a screen and then uh, yeah because like Andre Drummond and whoever was guarding Chris Middleton I can't remember. They, I think it was Wayne Ellington. They trap Chris, 
And then Chris just makes a simple like pass to Ursan for an open three that he makes. And it's just like, yeah, yep. we, we've come a long like, way. We're used to the other side yep. of this. Uh, it was this easy. <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder we couldn't win in a series before. Jeez. Yeah, but yeah, it was nice to see the Bucks win a series. And I think at the time they knew that they were going to be playing the Celtics because the Celtics had finished yeah. their sweep over the Pacers. Yep. So it was just like, okay, now we're on to the real challenge. Because remember, Boston was a, con- uh, a sleeping contender because they had Kyrie, they had Gordon Hayward, they had Tatum, Brown, and Al Horford. Yeah, they were they were they were that scary Terry as well. Scary Terry. And uh, speaking of that, oh, so great and also hard to watch. Eric Budso be great in this series. Yeah, because it's not like it shouldn't get that much harder than this for him. Like he went up next round was Kyrie Irving and, and partly scary Terry and then Kyle Lowry. I, I would say Lowry is up there with the best of that bunch, but it's not like teams are focusing in on Eric Bledsoe that much. Like it. And we'll see. We'll see. I we're think, gonna watch yeah. the, the rest of this postseason in depth. We're gonna we're gonna get a second look. But oh, if he could just continue to play like this, the Bucks would be in such a good position. He was so good this series. Yeah, he was fantastic. He was fantastic that regular season. He was just as we'll talk about. Who knows? Maybe he didn't fall off the rails. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll okay. see. We'll 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 dive into it, like it or not. Yes. Okay. Is there is there anything else from this game or series you would like to mention? I think we just about covered it all. Yeah, well, we have finished this year, like our first uh, round of Binge the Bucks. And if you did like this, uh, please leave a rating and subscribe on your platform of choice and tell your family and friends about the show. And uh, if you did uh, really enjoy this, you know, maybe you know, tell us about it. Tweet us about it. Uh, tweet uh, your, your suggestions for what we should do going forward. Um, you know, just things we can do to improve the show. I know Ty's having fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. And, you know, I think I think it's safe to say that we're going to talk about the Celtics series uh, next. I don't know if we should bet on that or not. But, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we'll leave it there for this episode of Binge the Bucks. And we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.